0: Right, we are back. How's everyone doing? And once again, my uh, uh, stream deck decides that it doesn't want to work. Cool. Um, hello. Hello, <laughs> we're back. And, and luckily we have alcohol. Um, <laughs> um, welcome to the uh, Through Our Eyes podcast. Uh, I'm Drek, uh, and I'm joined uh, by our lovely co-host, uh, Pan. Would you like to introduce yourself, Pan, and tell us a little bit about the Through Our Eyes project?
1: Yes, Hello, I'm Pan. I am the co-host of the Through Our Eyes podcast when I am not playing video games or being a community manager uh, in the uh, in the charity sector. Uh, the Through Our Eyes project started last year when I was a, a full-time content creator, as I wanted to sort of highlight marginalized communities and to uh, not just play games all the time, but try and actually as I say highlight people and talk about life and experiences and try and share a little bit of uh, what we live with and what we go through and to, to learn about each other so that started last year but what we realized was when we had so many people on for the entire sort of duration of the of the podcast we did sorry of the show we didn't really get to know anyone that well so we decided we'd turn it into a podcast format and every sort of other week or so uh, we do a two hour show with an individual person and get to learn more about them specifically.
0: Yep. So we've uh, on episode 29 now. Um, mm-hmm. we're, uh, we've been doing this for nearly two years, uh, yep. which is terrifying. <laughs> 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 um, but yes, so basically, the Through Our Eyes podcast uh, is here to highlight marginalized creators, um, where we tackle taboo subjects uh, um, and uh, uh, have a little snapshot into individual stories, ranging from uh, subjects like being LGBTQIA, BIPOC, or... uh, um, suffering from a chronic illness, or um, living with a a mental health issue. So yes, if you would like to submit um, any questions for our uh, interviewee, uh, there is a Channel Points Redemption, all um alerts hopefully um are silent um and obviously i will try to uh read chat but uh we'll be concentrating on the podcast which is you know for the podcast it's a normal but for my streams it's it's obviously not a norm but we want to make sure (laughs) that we are addressing the topic at hand and giving the time and space and attention that it needs so without further ado uh Let's, let's introduce our guest! Hello! Tell us who you are and, and your pronouns and, and why you're here.
2: (laughs) There, um, I'm the Demented Raven, uh, or you can call me Raven, whatever you wish. Uh, I am here today to discuss um, BPD, which is what I have. My pronouns are she, they, he. You can use whatever ones you wish. And yeah, so that is pretty much the topic today. Um, I'm, a, I'm a disabled creator and musician, a freelance composer. So this is a wee brief description about myself.
0: And where can people find you?
2: You can find me on uh, Twitch, uh, the, um, twitch.tv uh, slash Demented Raven, Demented Raven at Bandcamp or all music platforms on Spotify, such as Spotify, Amazon Music is where my, my EPs are and T, Demented Raven on Twitter as well.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you. Um, can I get shout outs in the chat? Maybe just as you know, just so that people can find our uh, co-host and our guest. Uh, <laughs> great. If any mods are around. Uh, <laughs> it's been one of those days and we've had some technical difficulties already. So yes. Um, Always happens. Right. So if everyone is doing okay and ready, then let's move on to our first question, yeah? Awesome, right, okay. So, what we'd like to start with is uh, just basically a lowdown of your story. Why you're here and, and when did it start?
2: I'm here because uh, to raise more awareness about BPD, it's uh, got a lot of misconceptions and whatnot, especially in the media and just in the world in general, it's got like, a, it's, got like its own rep. But I'm also here to dis- discuss my story. Um, it all started about late 2019, where i well. I've, I've had depression ever since I was, ever since I was a, uh, a teenager, young adult, and uh, I noticed something was wrong about 2009, 2010. But it was only 2019 I noticed something was severely wrong unfortunately my mood dropped intensely and I was breaking down and I had an inkling something was wrong years prior but I couldn't really describe it. I was having breakdowns and whatnot and seeing psychologists but it was only 2019 where it all came to a head where I suddenly broke down in tears and had the sudden urge to kill myself. And um which was very, very unusual of me. Uh, I've never... I I only had that like twice in like really high depression phases in the past. It wasn't something that it was just something completely abnormal for me, and I knew and I know something was very strange about it because um, it kept happening the, the the next few few weeks and things like that, and my mood was really intensely low. And then I was going for more elated phases as well, which were Abnormal compared to, uh, just like a regular good day. And then things got, and as things quite like got worse, I was not in a safe mind frame at all. Twenty twenty, I got a psychiatric nurse, and um, as as you might have heard in the UK, it, um, health and the uh, NHS can be really difficult getting like appointments and things like that. So I was incredibly lucky to get. The help that I got, and the woman was really lovely. She was always checking in and at first we were I was getting tested for bipolar due to like my changes in moods and my suicidal ideation, which was pretty much constant at this point and it came back after doing like mood tests and that, which is something that I had to do to get tested for bipolar. It came back that I wasn't bipolar I wasn't matching the criteria, so but I knew something was seriously wrong, like something is truly awakened even though it was probably awake before, but it really like like it really hit it really hit the fan at this point. And so for like so for the rest of that year, I was constantly suicidal and in bad stages and I was, or really elated stages and things like that, but not knowing what was wrong with me. And then last year was the worst yet. Every month, there was always a suicide attempt, unfortunately. And obviously, I'm still here. Thankfully, they failed or for what, one reason or another or because of like good company keeping me together and stuff like that. But yeah. Um, it was last year I um, no longer had my psychiatric nurse anymore and then I was left with no support at all and I was completely lost and I was freaking out And um, but luckily I got referred to psychi- um Before I get on to that, 2020 was the first time I actually took uh, went on medication and I'm a stubborn being and I didn't take any meds for personal reasons. i was just too stubborn, I just push on but it got to the point where my life was at stake. I had to do something about it. And there's no shame in meds. Meds, there's no shame at all because there's a stigma behind them as well. So I took them and unfortunately the ones I was given didn't really help. They were called Cetraline and they didn't really help. And then I was on another antipsychotic because of how intense my moods were because they were incredibly intense. I was on something called Cetiapine. And unfortunately, that would help make me tired enough to not attempt anything, but then it didn't work anymore. And then I was, um, and then I was um, getting, uh, and then they stopped working entirely. Even when they upped my dosage, so I stopped taking them. Now, since last year, um, I then got referred to psychiatry to try some new meds, and I'm on some medication, antipsychotics and antidepressants that I'm happy with. And I also got diagnosed, um by my psychiatrist bpd and that opened a lot of doors of support and help and the psychiatrist in question was actually really helpful because i've had like a mixture of doctors which weren't really due to the pandemic they had to keep changing their post so i was getting doctors i didn't know and stuff like that and then eventually i got settled down with one doctor who actually listened and took all my concerns seriously and then i got tested for bpd and then I came back. I I do. I met the criteria for BPD, which really helped because I felt like in my for me, I felt like I needed answers for why this was happening. Then once I had the answers, I could get the right support. I could understand myself a bit more. And whilst um um whilst um I still have my all sorts of moods and that, I'm definitely in a safer place than what I was last year, for instance. And um. And whilst my meds helped to a degree, nothing can help my extremely low low points. But thankfully, things have been a lot, a lot more calmer in comparison. So, but that's pretty much the story of how it came to be in BPD and what and what and just the sudden change where I felt like I needed help and things like that.
0: Okay. Well, thank you for going through that. I know that it's. Uh
2: very hard okay. it is it's
0: a very difficult thing to go through and and, and uh, to uh um yeah organize your thoughts even yep. in the best of times yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep. um right so you said that it's um it's only really recently actually been diagnosed so going last- back for uh, uh before um the events that triggered you to actually uh seek yep. uh, an a, a, an assessment initially yep. um did you did anything clue you in before that like when you were um, younger that cuz you said you, su- you suffered from depression but was that yep. the only thing that actually no arose I actually during that time
2: um, well um well bpd is also um with BPD, another common thing for people to have that is people having symptoms of like past trauma, and I had a pretty chaotic upbringing growing up, and things were pretty chaotic, especially on the parental side. My mother, in particular, so there was a lot of like past memories that really affect me to this day. My confidence was incredibly low, and stuff like that, and just a lot of things like feeling like hope, feelings of hopelessness and whatnot, or feeling I wasn't meant to amount to anything and things like that so I know those feelings still exist from time to time especially with my BPD and um especially with doing content creation as well Um what was it everyone has these thoughts but I can uh, but I noticed they hit me incredibly hard what if I if they like merge with like the past thoughts and stuff like that as well like, it can be inc- incredibly difficult but another thing um I noticed before um I know it's something was seriously wrong. I had an inkling during my psychology. Whenever it came to like um uh, uh friendships or just uh super elated moods, all of a sudden, I know something seems strange then, but my psychi- my psychologist didn't pick up on it. She just thought I was okay and things like that. But I knew deep down that I wasn't, and as on the friendships front, it's like like I would like with some people I would feel like. I would be abandoned and things like that, or I'd find I find find out I've got like a very uh, favorite person, and then and, and um, the feelings get incredibly strong, like they feel obsessive even if I've not been obsessive. And I know that's a common thing in BPD, having a a favorite person that you really admire a lot and things like that, and that can like change and things like that. But I noticed them um, looking back. Um, maybe BPD signs were evident back then, and what was it? But I just didn't know what it was, and but I just knew there was something that wasn't just my autism because I know BPD and autism can't overlap because I'm autistic as well, and um, I go through a number of health conditions as it is, I'm chronically ill and disabled, and I just knew there was something else on the list, but I just didn't know what.
0: And um, from my recollection, uh, we haven't actually clarified what BPD stands for.
2: Um... Uh, border... oh, yeah. Borderline personality disorder, or it's also known now as EUPD, emotionally unstable personality disorder, as well. That seems to be the current name for it, but a lot of people still use the term BPD. So, okay. so I use both.
0: All right yeah uh, just just because i thought that's that's something that we probably want to get out there first as uh, uh make sure that we've clarified what it is that we're we're talking about today
1: not a problem if, if i may jump in quickly i just wanted to actually pick up on a comment that you said that kind of reminded me of something my husband said to me recently because you were saying that like you understand that some of like the thoughts and the feelings you were having were what other people had, but they were like far more intense in you and i yeah. think That's possibly where some of the the stigma, especially around mental health, comes from. Is because people assume that the the thoughts and the feelings are alien, but they're they're not. Like, yeah, my husband's autistic, and I. Well, I've got my ADHD assessment next week, but it's very very likely I have ADHD. Yeah, and my versions of emotions compared to his are like a hundred times at some points, but it's still the same emotion. It's just. Of course, perceive it super differently so I can imagine that's got to be super frustrating for you and it's like I feel the same but it doesn't feel right
2: yeah there's a lot of stigma where people like if you get for example my instance I get really emotional about something that may seem like small or just insignificant and then people accuse you of being over dramatic or a drama queen or things like that Mm. but in reality they just don't understand how intense it is or you get people like saying like oh everybody goes through this and things like that and it's a very closed-minded mind process it's like you don't know what's going on in someone's head things could be a lot more intense and they let on as well because masking is also a thing Mm -hmm. because people tend to like also master emotions out of fear of getting these like comments like they're over dramatic and stuff like that they don't want to make a fuss and they just just want to keep it as minimal as possible then they get that used to it unless it's something incredibly hard-hitting then they just break down completely and then they just feel worse for doing so. You just fear the stigma.
0: So, um... With the fact that you have, uh, autism and uh, are chronically ill, um, how easy or difficult did you find it to get that diagnosis or to pinpoint down what it was that was actually causing, um, your symptoms?
2: I found it um, not too difficult because um, what was it? I can I know it's um, not everyone in everyone's case that, but in my case, I was really observant with it, and and I just knew it wasn't my I, I knew I just knew it wasn't my autism uh, causing it. It just felt like there was another thing causing it. I just didn't know what this thing was but for some time i knew there was a thing it just felt like something just like really pushed into my head even more so than it ever did where before it felt like it was more in the sidelines until like 2019 hit and it just all just came flooding in that's what it felt like and i did do some i did do some like research just to see what these if these felt valid these feelings were so when bpd came up i approached it with caution because it's one it's one of those um uh, diagnosis is you've um, got to really approach with, with caution because it can like match others or it's just really complex like a number of other conditions out there so when I brought it up to my psychiatrist and um, he actually listened and was like and he was like approaching it with caution but taking my thoughts seriously rather than just shoving them away going oh you read this oh, you you're thinking you're this and I'm like I'm not saying I'm anything I just um would like some answers and just get some tests to see what's what and what's not. And if it's not, I can just rub it out type thing. Um but I feel like um this could be a thing, but if it's not, then at least I know and he he got everything sorted and yeah, have and one thing that's I always say, um and and sure you all would agree, having the right doctor it makes a world of difference makes a massive
0: world of end. yeah um your uh medical uh professional uh um that you have access to very much can uh be the uh <laughs> the make or break uh situation yep. of of every every diagnosis and uh the treatment of such um so what has, other than and other than medication, have you been receiving um, uh, other mental health support? And what has been uh, your experience with it?
2: Uh, before um, I used to go to, before I was diagnosed with BPD, I used to go to, well, at first, when I was going in for my depression, they tried, um, oh, what do you call them? Is it CPD? CBD?
1: CBT. CBT, CBT. CBT, that's
2: yeah. it. I knew it was something like that. CBT. <laughs> oh, 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 I know, I'm uh, uh, CBT. Um, and whilst it was good to come across that at first, it became a bit of a cop-out because every time I went to the doctors they kept referring me to that they kept referring me to that over and over and I was like look I really need I really need help I I, I want a psychologist I, I want something that's not just this it's got and this can help a lot of people but it was it's got to the point where it wasn't helping me anymore so and then eventually I got referred to like psychology and I was there for a while and then I got referred to some courses um. Up at the hospitals and where I, where I was doing like forms of mindfulness, find mindfulness and that, which were some were pretty helpful. But then when things started intensifying, it got to the point where nothing was helping anymore, and I was really needing, um, things more invasive treatments such as like medication and things like that. And uh, and it got to the point where I was starting to fear that I might need um, to be admitted. But thankfully, it didn't get to that. So I managed to like. Keep myself out, 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 of that path. So, but yeah, I've had like different types of like, like therapy and um, help, and and I can see what some may help some, some may not help others. Everyone's different, but I've definitely seen all sides, which is very useful. But the, the problem, it, like I said, it depends who you get as well. Depends on, on the doctor, because I've definitely had some we were just talking about how doctors can be, some doctors can be not very helpful because I went through a really big journey for endometriosis and uh, I had a number of doctors that weren't very understanding with that, but and it was a really rough journey, but long story short, I got my answers to that in the end, but that was probably one of the toughest journeys I had, so.
0: Oh, I feel that one.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it was a nightmare.
0: <laughs> uh, uh, okay. So, um, let's uh, move on to um, our next question of um, uh, telling us a little bit about um, what it feels like, uh, having BPD. Uh, What challenges do you face, and how has it affected your life physically, emotionally, and socially?
2: can be it can be absolutely difficult um when i'm in an okay spell i can just get through the motions and do all my normal things well if my body lets me but that's a different subject because <laughs> i've got like a cocktail of problems <laughs> but what was it when it's really bad it can be really hard to get out of bed some days i can just be incredibly depressed my motivation is down to toilet and everything can just be a complete and utter struggle and and if I'm like incredibly suicidal, I've got to have something like my husband with me, make sure I don't have anything silly in my head that I would want to do. So it can be, and it just is like it's like a roll of the dice type thing. It can like change each day or go or go go through a really massive phase. As for socially, I tend to get by okay. But what was it? When I have a favorite person that can be, that can be pretty evident. And what was it? And I get, I get, oh, I get on okay with that. I just get, just be myself. I'm just highly, I just get highly appreciative towards that person. But I also get, I also, my mind also overthinks and I, I worry that I might have bothered them or something and it feels like it's the end of the world when that's the case and things like that like if, when I feel like I've done something wrong even when I've not done something wrong I just it just hits me really hard and I feel like I've let said person down and things like that or and or if they happen to be friends with someone I didn't really get along with I just I I just panic and things like that even though there's nothing to panic about and I just try and calm myself down and go it's fine it's fine it's just my mind goes into an overthinking mess especially when it comes to like a a uh, favorite person and as for what was it socially oh yeah and when my moods are more elevated um, some bpd people may call it manic but it's not manic as in bipolar manic there's been a, there's been a debate where people if people can call these moods manic and there's like some people in the bpd community saying it's fine but as long as you don't compare it to bipolar and there's others that say you shouldn't and I have none against the term, being, the term being you called manic, as long as you don't compare it to BPDs and not call it BPDs. So I've had some really elevated situations, which I've only really had um, one scary one, which happened to be, oh, when was that movie by Pixar out? That turn in red. Was that this year?
1: Yes. Yeah,
2: okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So it was this year. Okay. It was this year, definitely. Because I'm... Um, I had a really elated phase which was like some form of mania not BPD, not bipolar mania, just very elevated and I remember I just couldn't sleep so I just stayed up watching that movie and then when I did try and sleep all I could see was shapes and I just felt like I was going moving in fast motion doing my day errands and I was just terrified of how high I felt and it was just like okay, this is scary. And sometimes when I reach that spell, eh, I get suicidal then. Because it's like both sides. It's like when I'm too low, it's like, okay, let's just end it today. Or if I'm too high, it's like, hooray, I don't care anymore. Let's Let's just end it. So when it gets that high, it can be really scary as well. Hence why I don't have a problem with people calling it manic, but not calling it bipolar manic. So, elevated elevated whatever people wish to call it if they don't feel that term is correct but yeah that can be really hard when I'm in a mood like that it's like I may have stupid thoughts to do sound stupid and things like that and then only realize afterwards like that was a bad idea and things like that so it can be scary when because um with BPD is like the moods are just Extreme, and that's pretty much it. It's like if you're down, it will just hit you in extreme. When you're up, you'll hit you in the extreme. Hence, why they have they like to use multiple terms. So it can be like really really difficult. It's like I try my best to stay in the middle, and when I'm in the middle, I'm doing okay. But there can be unfortunately triggers that can set off either either or. So it's just more trying to like it can be completely unpredictable as well. It's just trying my best each day to just keep going the best I can. So it can just be like walking on tight ropes some days more than others where I'm a bit more stable. It's just a luck of the draw, really.
0: So what kind of behaviours would you say uh, you experience uh, during these uh, elated uh, mood periods?
2: Just get excited. There's there's one thing I like about the elated moods is when uh, I get suddenly really motivated again. Uh, My motivation comes back tenfold and I feel like I can do anything and I'll do what I can till I burn myself to the ground but it's not always uh, as you can imagine it's not always a good thing it's like if I'm just burning myself to the ground I'm just going to get burned out afterwards and things like that and it just feels like everything's just on like fast motion and I'm just I'm just everything's just really quick and everything's just really impulsive and things like that can be like a very impulsive mind frame
0: that's uh, uh, one of the reasons that uh, um, mania is is described as such a, a problematic uh, yep. uh, uh, symptom because yep. it's an addictive uh, yeah, mood exactly. set. It's, it's yeah. because you feel so good.
2: And on you, top of the world.
0: Yeah, that it can be an addiction to one's own mood state rather than... Because it's such a contrast to the, the alternative.
2: Yep, that's why. So that's why, like, uh, one half of the community call it mania because of the impulsiveness and how things, how moods tend to like swift that way more than anything, um, which I can completely understand because it can be really intense.
0: And how often would you say that these occur, just in general? But-
2: I believe that they had the what was it the psychotics were to help with my mania um and my uh, uh elated sense of feeling and it, te- it tends to like it tends to like numb it often uh, because it gets can get too intense and um I don't get it a lot I tend to get more lows than I do highs, but it's not been often lately uh like maybe once every few months I think. Like something will trigger it, and in that, and in that set. But this, the I think I had one since that turning red incident. But that turning red incident was probably about springtime, I think. So that's how I remember. Because I was thinking that movie. <laughs> it was about then. And
0: and how long would would one of these uh uh triggers last? Like how long would you be in this state?
2: And uh, like in a late state like this, normally it's a uh, it'll either be the rest of that day or a number of hours but that turn red day was about two days so i think that was probably the longest one i had i think i've had it for a few days but it wasn't as intense but that big one was about two days and my down moods tend to last way longer it can go on for months or years it just depends because um like last year i was really bad all year and the same with the year before it was like like been you know, like three years it was really bad so the pandemic didn't help. But,
0: uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say at that point, <laughs> uh, that's definitely not going to help anyone's <laughs> <No>. situation. <laughs> but um, uh, I, I do you know why it is that there's such a contrast in in like the length of one versus the other?
2: I'm not. It's really hard to say. I think it depends on. I think it depends on 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 the person and the triggers and that. I tend to normally get lower than higher, and can't really remember what really triggers the higher points. To be honest, at the moment, it's just it's just a it's just a massive blur. To be honest, I can identify the low triggers, but the high ones, I'm really not I'm really not sure To be honest, uh, it just it just happens. it's just like it's like it's like a, just a ping in my head. It's the ping in my head when I hit the low points? That's the most concerning in my, my point of view, but. Yeah. It's really hard. It's really hard to say. My mind's just one big blur. So,
0: so um, you said that you you do know what kind of triggers uh, you get for your low points. So, what yeah. would you describe as a trigger?
2: For example, if I see like a remember. For example, I remember I was um, thinking of a like a specific place to end it some one time, and I was fi- I was fixated on this idea for about I don't know two to three months, and there was a bus that said the location of the place I wanted to end it, and that would trigger that. Was one trigger in particular that comes to my mind straight away. And I remember that happened, and then at that point, I was just like, Okay, time to go. But it was like a robot when a trigger hits me, and it's a suicidal one, it will just click, and I'll just be like, Okay, that's it, I'm done. But thankfully, at that point, I wasn't on my own, so I wasn't able to do anything. So that was, I was really lucky then. It's like it could be like, like specific, like, like I said, that was a it was a bus that triggered me there. But it could be it could it could be a multiple range of things. It can be certain types of music. It can be certain types of memories or memories linking to other memories, and it can just be anything really. It's a lot. It's figured um, at the top of my head my weak spot, but I know there's like a like a list of things that could definitely trigger me trigger me off, and then just suddenly. That's it. Like some, some, some really. Sometimes some certain tragic things can like hit me, if especially if they hit home, and um, and it can just like really hit me bad. So, but it's I find it easier to identify the low ones and the high ones, because then I go think back and go, oh, okay, that's on the list. So,
0: um, sorry, my brain just blanked when I tried to uh, think of the. No, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> the question went in and then it went out the other end um... nope it's gone
1: All right, i've got it. One. when it when it comes to one of those moods you only have to share this if you want to but is there something you find that helps or like someone that you can turn to that you you know that you can you can speak to or like what do you do to help yourself manage those moods
2: if my, for example, if it's a situation where my husband's at work, I know one of my one of the things I always do is have my phone right next to me, and then I'm, I'll message like one of my best friends, and uh, one attempt was actually stopped because my phone went off, and I was just like, "Do I want to die or do I want to see what that is?" And my curiosity won, <laughs> and it turned out to be my best friend replying to me, and I was just like, "You saved me, by the way." <laughs> and good timing. I know the timing was really good they were just like oh oh crap oh crap it's okay you can message me anytime this happens you've got this it's all right and things like that just been reassuring as always so I always have my phone on me for like just so, so um to like keep myself distracted and sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't but if I'm like on my own I need something there and sometimes I'll get a call like Oh, oh shit Raven are you okay let's distract you type thing but that's what I tend to normally do is keep my phone with me and uh, any other time it's just either, either failed or something's like oh, held me back type thing but yeah the phone
1: is one big thing I tend to do so yeah so it's mostly distraction until you're in I guess a more rational sort of state to yeah. I guess yeah. think about it
2: yeah and clearer. yeah I just distract myself. And to keep me from doing anything else, because if I'm actually talking to someone, I won't be doing anything. Because it's the type of thing I'd rather just like hide away. If like someone's like approaching, I will immediately stop. Type thing. So I'm like, yeah, it's very, it's very, it's pretty, pretty grim. It's pretty grim.
0: Um. So what other uh, uh, challenges has it presented? Um to you uh like um, having the diagnosis for example uh with with working with uh uh your streaming
2: yeah uh what was it it has um, affected me with streaming at times like i've been either too depressed to stream or what was it i've even had a breakdown or two on stream before because of it which is actually pretty grim because i remember one time i just felt like out our failure oh. one day i can't remember why I think- I was going for a bit of a dry spell and it, and I was doing fine coping with it, but in one day it just hit me hard on stream and I, and I'm not one to cry and so I ended up crying and I was just like okay I'm going to have to stop the stream today so that wasn't so that wasn't grand but um things I also um I've noticed about BPD there's like people that I can be that can be very sceptic about it I've definitely had the oh you're faking it type comments so far just like are you serious why would i make this and then there's i've I've noticed like attitudes in social media being like incredibly difficult about it like saying oh you've just been diagnosed because of tiktoks and stuff like that and it's just like oh my word please stop like no i didn't i went to a professional it's just people are just too quick to jump the gun thinking it's like oh is this the popular thing new and stuff like that and it's like no it's not like that at all why would i make something like this up i i don't i don't want to suffer i don't want to go i don't want to feel suicidal all the time it's horrible but yeah it's just i've just been met with like skepticism and things like that and it's just pretty frustrating to be honest so
0: and how has it been with uh for example family and friends like has it has it has the diagnosis uh changed anything with your relationships
2: no, every, to be honest, um, everyone's actually been really great. My close circle have been really understanding. They're just like you're you, and glad you got answers. And no matter what, you're you, and I'm always here for you. And my husband's also been really supportive as well. And um, just, just um, everyone I spoke to about it has been not judge judging, not judging at all. They've just been absolutely lovely. Things haven't changed at all. They're just like or either that or they'll show a slight bit of concern like oh crap are you okay it's like no not really but i've got answers there and i'm getting support and they're just like well i'm here for you they're just they're just being caring um as you'd hope and they do so i'm really lucky i'm really lucky
0: so it hasn't uh, um for example um helped you in understanding your interactions with others or helped you uh
2: recognize it has, like it has helped me recognize like my, my patterns towards people like if i have a meltdown like i feel like someone's like either being questionable or if my mind's shifted on a specific favorite person of like the first time in like years or something i've become more aware of that where even um, even back back in the past um, I noticed something was up I didn't know what it was but now that I know that I've got BPD and I'm aware of the whole social interaction thing I've become more aware of it and I've become thinking of more ways to like cope when things get like really intense and upsetting for me so I've definitely um, definitely been more aware of that and thinking of more coping mechanisms and things like that so yeah that's a thing
0: okay um Pan, do you have any further comments before I move on to the next question? No,
1: okay. I think we're good. Yeah, I think we're good to go to the next one. Okay, cool. That's Raven's good, so...
0: Uh, right. Uh, what's something you wish people knew about uh, what stigmas or misconceptions do you experience?
2: Oh, there's a big misconception about BPD. Oh my gosh. This one does nothing more than anything. Amber Heard, you might have heard of her. (laughs) Apparently she's got BPD and people are like because of the questionable things she's been doing, uh, what was it? People are now like jumping the gun that BPD people are this and that and there's been people saying that BPD people are monsters and things like that and that's not the case at all. Um, People are acting like they're just they're just not Good people and things like that, and that is not that is not true at all. That is a complete and utter misconception. And any form, no one should be made like made fun of for having that, including Miss Heard as well. Nobody should be made fun of for having like a condition at all. It's just it's just a low form of words. It's just not right.
0: Okay, and have you experienced yourself any Stigmas, or
2: uh, thankfully, I've not experienced too much. Just the whole people, like just the whole more outside my circles, it's just more random going being more skeptic about my health, like going, Oh, you're probably exaggerating. Oh, it's not, it's not real. I don't believe you, and things like that. Just more skepticism more than anything else, and um, which is really frustrating in itself. But I've not dealt with too much uh, touch wood um, so far and he's hoping it stays
1: that way so a question at this point because I was just thinking back over what you were saying a minute ago unfortunately my brain seems to be running five minutes slow so it keeps keeps coming back but um, I've been using TikTok a lot recently because I've been finding it quite interesting and I've been using it for work so I definitely have seen both sides of this argument for people being like, you know, you can't diagnose yourself on TikTok, but self-diagnosis is valid. With something like BPD, is self-diagnosis something that actually is, you know, viable within the community? Or is it something more, if you have suspicions that you may have BPD, you should be going to a doctor as soon as possible? Yeah, BPD is one
2: of those ones. Like like bipolar, BPD is one of those ones where it's best um it's best to see a professional because it's incredible because due to its incredibly complex and intense natures on both sides of the scale. Because whilst there's some things that are a lot that are more self-diagnosable in comparison, uh, uh I I also feel BPD is one of those ones that is best to get checked because there's 'cause it overlaps with so many other things and there's been stories of people being misdiagnosed with BPD, whether they're autistic or the other way around. I seem to have both. But that's not always the case for everyone, and um, I've got nothing against people going on TikTok to like um, actually like learn more about it and things like that. It's good to be educated and to go. Wait, that sounds like me. It's it's, it's how we learn. But if you have like an inkling on something like BPD is best Uh, um, feel free to research all you want then present your case but I would present your case to a health professional and then they can listen and if in anything like my psychiatrist they will take you seriously and hopefully and then they can actually test to confirm because it's not like because cause it's, it's a condition that's to be approached with caution. My psychiatrist whilst taking me seriously definitely took it with caution and was really careful. Because it's a cause it's a really tricky one. It's it's a it's just it's like a maze. This one it's worth getting checked. It's it's one I feel that you definitely definitely should get a diagnosis for professionally. But I understand why people are like are like skeptical doctors and that, which is why it's always good to get a second opinion if you have doubts. Because well, there's always a bad egg in the bunch, so it's always good to double check.
0: I have a question as someone with a personality disorder myself. Um, how um, how did you go about specifically knowing that it was BPD and not any of the other options?
2: What was it? I did suspect. Uh, what was it? I did suspect bipolar initially, to be honest, uh, because it runs in my family. Uh, it runs in my family, so I thought, okay, if my mom's got bipolar. And I know it can sometimes be hereditary, so I thought it would be worth checking out, especially with the tense moods I'm going through. But obviously, I don't know everything about it. And even though I have done homework about it, I'd rather get a medical point of view or something like it's as complex as this. And I did. And then I can't remember how I came across BPD, but I think it was somehow merged in the research of bipolar because there is people that tend to mix up the two. Which they are both different. And, and I think at first I didn't think much of it until, I can't remember what it was. I don't know if it was TikTok or not. Um, I came across something that spoke to me. And I was just like, okay, maybe I should look more into this properly and actually see. And then the more I looked into it and then the more it really spoke, it, it really just spoke out. And I was just like, I think I need to talk to a doctor about this and see. If this is it, if not, fair enough. But this is definitely this is definitely like burning on my brain now. So so then here we go. That's pretty much what happened.
0: So what else um do you wish people knew about BPD?
2: That oh that's, that's a good question. And <laughs> uh, that we're all that we're people just like everyone else, and um, we have our struggles, but we also have our pluses. And where we definitely, when it comes to people, oh that it? Whilst we have our fears and insecurities, which can be really intense, we also care very deeply for people and like respect them immensely. And um, whilst we have our struggles, we can still we can still do things that other people do. Like we can still work, we can still do this, we can still do that. In some cases, maybe it's in some cases, maybe not. Everyone's different. Sometimes it may be too crippling to even like do certain work and stuff like that. But yeah, we can, we're people, we can do stuff. We're not monsters like the media tries to paint us out to be. And we should be given a chance and not even be forced back because of what we've got. Because I know. And BPD and a number of other conditions, if some people look in your record, they're just like, oh, no, straight away, that shouldn't be a thing. Sigma needs to bugger off.
0: And how have you found, uh, um, access to, um, support financially or, or, um, in finding support for work or, or such forth, um, in terms of your bpd like what has Um, been the response to that specifically
2: uh right now i've just been mainly focusing on the support with uh, my psychiatrist which i've been seeing once every few months and then just like seeing uh, if my meds tuned up or whatnot and um um, I, i did have more active appointments than that before and like psych nurses and that but things have more taken a calm down I'm just um, more just getting on as a little bit more normal now and um, just keeping someone aside so that I've got support and um, if if there's any issues I've been constantly told by doctors and that just to ring up and they've been really good in that front so I know I've got plenty of support if I need it.
0: Okay but um, it was more in the terms of, of like uh like governmental supports oh, or right uh, <laughs> yeah because well, from my experience you know when it comes to mental health um it, it it's a lot trickier to get um yeah. support and they don't take you as seriously compared yep. to giving them a solid um physical uh yeah, diagnosis really. so that's that's why i was asking is if whether oh, you experienced any of that or whether or not your other um uh, uh. Health, uh, issues were were more focused on in that sense.
2: Yeah. Okay. I can see. I can. T- I can mention that. Um. What was it? There's only one thing I can really mention that is that is um Pip that you might have already known yeah
0: <laughs> that's exactly why I was mentioning it
2: <laughs> absolute nightmare I am I am completely I, I am disabled I've got a number of health conditions as it is I've Got endo fibro chronic gastritis arthritis and a number of, and other things problems with my legs the turning when I walk obviously my BPD and my mental health and stuff like that as it is the list just goes on and what was it I have problems walking. I've got like a walking stick behind me, some somewhere. <laughs> there you go. And um, so I have mobility issues. And unfortunately, when doing Pep, they I had a really bad experience. and um, at first, the first interview I had, they completely lost my report. <laughs> and then after that, we had a house appointment, and there was this woman and the report was full of lies so i got all zeros despite having all these health issues and mobility issues i got all zeros it's like my health affects me every day i'm in pain every day i suffer every day and i got zeros so i had to fight fight for a tribunal it was an absolute nightmare but now um right, right now I'm doing another. Uh, they got they gave me the minimal, but now that my health's gotten ten times worse. Long story short, everything's like more painful and stuff like that. More diagnoses. Um, I'm now um getting my pip claim looked at again to get it bumped up because um, everything's gotten worse now I've just to wait because I've had the interview and now I've just to wait but I'm not getting hopeful if I'm completely honest and long story short the government's help has been absolutely abysmal for my health BPD and everything else it's been abysmal the government are absolutely hopeless (laughs) you you
0: appealed the decision the first time around yes
2: oh yeah I did appeal yeah Yeah. the first time around I did appeal and they were like Oh, and then um, and I got all my evidence. I got everything, and and then you took I, it to court, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I had to take it to court because they said we. They, they were like, "We trust our assessment team." Blah blah blah. Even though it was lies after lies, and I and I managed. I couldn't do it myself, so I went to a Citizens Advice, and they. Um, one of my what was it? One of my best friends suggested them, and I had this really nice guy. Who helped me with everything, and we got the tribunal. Cook- I took, we took them to court, so it was an utter stressful time. And then, then, then they just gave me the bare minimum just to go, okay, here's something. But now that things have gotten worse, it's like the bare, the bare minimum is not correct. So it's because I, I just accepted it at first just to like have something. But now it's gotten to the point where it's like, okay, my health's gotten ten times worse it's time to fight again so now i'm just um waiting on the result it should take up to about six to eight weeks What with pandemic it may take a little longer so i'm just crossing my fingers but not keeping my hopes up at this point
0: (laughs) okay so in in terms of this obviously this hinders your ability to to function and i assume work
2: what was it? Well, I am self-employed, but I can't do a lot. I can't do a lot of work. Um, I can't go out. would be expected to go out in like a full day's night like to five work because I can't stand for very long. I'm in. Mean, I was in a lot. I'm in a lot of pain. I can't walk very far. I'm in a lot of pain. Heck, I went to TwitchCon and my abilities were shining. Um, my, my really really bad. I got to the point where the first day of TwitchCon, I had to go back to my hotel because I couldn't move anymore. I needed a wheelchair really badly, and um, I I even had my stick on me, so I had to go back. I managed to I managed the second day after taking plenty of breaks. Thankfully, the people I was with were really understanding and supportive, and told me to, uh, told me to sit plenty and things like that. But oh my word, the first day I could I could barely function. I was really really bad. And it just reminding me how bad my health really how how severe my bad my health really is so it's really frustrating that the government think i'm just one of these people just 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 trying it well in reality i'm not i'm actually suffering really badly but yeah to answer your question yeah it does um it does um affect work um um, like i said i work at home but even then Um, even then when i stream i have to take plenty of breaks because sitting can hurt and stuff like that i've got like a special cushion as well and um i do certain days and yeah i can't do a lot can't i can't do a lot of things in the house either like for example i can't even cook my husband has to help me out with a lot of things in the house so yeah, I'm a lot more less able than I think, like. <laughs> so that's what a lot of people don't seem to realise. And um, yeah, it's it's pretty tricky, but I try my best. Did <laughs> was streaming a a
0: uh, result of of uh, um, the development of your health and mental health issues uh, as like a solution to your inability to work a normal job or or was
2: it it started just as something for fun but then um well before uh, i started streaming i actually got um, one of my best friends got me a job as um, a freelance uh, composer into video games so i managed to do some games and since i was officially getting paid i had to register self-employed the following year and then um and in that year i started streaming and then when I reached affiliate in a month, uh, what was it? I started getting paid with that. So then it just became its own thing. Um, so and uh, it's, it originally just started as like kind of like a hobby thing. and um, But then it became my work as soon as I was getting paid for it. And then the music thing, um, I did a few tracks for this company before um, um, being late, let go because I started working in-house. And so then, on the music front, I just started doing commissions and stuff like that and if anyone wanted me to work with their projects, which I have a couple of people that do um I'll just be working on those so it became a and um it became a blessing in its own way because due to my like my disabilities getting worse and not being able to do a lot of things um I felt this was like perfect to like work on and with m- and with my husband already working. Um, thankfully I don't have to panic too much if like things take a down day and stuff like that because I've got my husband to fall back on type thing but, it's, but it really does help when I like earn a, a, a penny or two <laughs> it helps with like 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 the the house or the bills or the kids or giving back to the community so, so it definitely helps
0: so you, you're you a mother
2: yeah I'm a mother yes. too
0: um so how is sorry i i I thought i heard that and then i went did i and (laughs) (laughs) so so that was the question um (laughs) is that point where i'm second guessing my own hearing um so how has it been with your health and and being a parent
2: i don't know how i was able to have kids because i didn't know i had endo till after i had kids (laughs) which is actually quite funny I've also got Ella Dallas syndrome as well so I think that was the re- uh, the, the reason why uh, labor time was quite quick <laughs> both times but anyway <laughs> but yeah um, being a mum is actually rewarding in itself and um, I've been able to cope with that a lot better than I would have expected myself to cope because when I was younger, I was like, I don't know how I'm going to cope being a mom and stuff like that. especially of me being me. But I actually was able to cope with because with uh, being autistic. There was routine involved and stuff like that. And I was able to, like, work around that. And any of the stuff I did struggle with, I had my husband to help me out. So so we were pretty much teamwork since so day one uh, with parenting. And, yeah, I've got two kids. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm... Um, I'm doing alright with that. And uh, now that they're older and they see- and unfortunately they are aware of my health. They are absolutely adorable about it. They're like, Oh Mummy, I wish you were better. Oh mommy, it's okay. Or they'll be like to people, my mummy has got bad legs today, and I'll just be like, They are just the sweetest. <laughs> oh, I guess my gets me going.
0: <laughs> so that they- their response to your health has been positive. Then they haven't struggled to understand it, or
2: yeah, they understand. They they totally understand that I'm not I'm not the healthiest person out there, but they know that I try my best. I'm incredibly stubborn of all aspects of my health, and I push on as much as I can for them to, and they know it. So so they so they're pretty much happy. They're happy with what they get and what they do.
0: And have they?
2: themselves, uh, uh, like, inherited any uh, health issues? My old, Well, one's not a health issue, but the other one is. Um, my oldest is autistic and he's picked up a lot of traits I have, So, and thanks to me, he sees it as a positive thing. So whenever he finds out someone's got autism, he gets really excited. So <laughs> he's like, they're autistic like me! And I'm just like, yes! Because I know there's a lot of people that see it as a negative thing, but I see it as a positive thing personally. And I see it as, like, a part of yourself. And it's something to be celebrated, in my opinion. So, but in my youngest, he's showing signs of having EDS because he's got hypermobile joints, but he... I recently tested him, but he didn't fit all of the criteria. But he did fit the criteria of hypermobile joints. And he's been getting signs I had his childhood. So I think he might grow up to get EDS. So... But he's just not shown enough signs yet, but we're going to wait and see. I'm going to test him again when he's older, but my youngest has definitely shown signs of EDS, unfortunately. But he's understanding it and he's shown a positive outlook about it. So I'm just really proud of him.
1: Yeah, and that is really lovely to hear because so I, I grew up with two quite severely disabled parents and they weren't necessarily disabled when I was born. It was one of those things that I, they had yeah. me quite young, like 21 and 23 uh, my mum just had her 50th birthday the other day, um, and so they they got sicker as I got older, essentially, but they were always fairly open about it, which allowed me to grow up understanding it, but I do have people being like, oh no, I don't tell my kids what's going on, or I hide it, I'm like, yeah. your kid just feels like they're, that you're always in pain, and they won't tell you why, so they think it's their fault, like, or, you know, they're, they're just going to be like, I can't ask my parents anything, because they always just sound upset, and it's, it's so much nicer, just trust your kids, people. Like, yeah, it's, it's not good news, but it's better than lying to them and not telling them things.
2: No, and I agree. then if they,
1: if they do grow up with anything that you've got, you've not told them bugger all since they were a child. Yeah. <laughs> so... no, I agree
2: with you because um, when my late dad um, had cancer, he, um, b- bless his heart, I know what he was trying to do he didn't want to tell us anything well he, well he wanted us to know about the cancer but he didn't know about want to know about the unfortunate advancing of it because he mm. doesn't want to hurt us which i completely understand he doesn't want to hurt us but to be honest not the kids not knowing it's just going to hurt them more and it's trust your kids as you say and i am and i'm pretty open and transparent to my kids about what's a pub like oh, I've got the hospital today, and they'll be like, oh, okay, mommy, good luck, and stuff like that, because they know I go to the hospital a lot for, like, my multiple conditions, or if, like, specific ones are flaring up and causing problems. So I recently had a scan for uh, endometriosis uh, again, so... <laughs> but, yeah, I agree with what you're saying. You trust your kids, and, yeah, let let them know they don't want to cause any, like, damage with them not knowing, stuff like that. So awareness is very important.
1: Yeah, even when it's bad, uh, I'll say as well, I know my mum wouldn't mind me sharing, but like with my very, very, very suspected ADHD, I don't really have any memories of childhood unless there was a particular emotional trigger attached to them. But one of the earliest things I do remember from my mum is her having a full-on breakdown outside of a doctor's office like screaming crying falling to the floor kind of breakdown yeah and it was it was it was depression and it was a very like she's not told me what happened at that that time it was a bad enough period of depression that whatever was said at the doctors was enough to cause a breakdown but I don't look back on that with fear or malice or upset I look back at it on I'm glad I understood what mental health was when I was 11 because yeah It made me go, mummy's crying. Well, it's not my fault. Nothing. She's not broken. Nobody's hurt her. Like, the dog's not dead. Like, she got some bad news at a doctor. (laughs) That's fine. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah.
2: Okay.
0: um, Last question before we move on to audience questions. Um, Tell us uh what you can take away from your experience what good has come of it um and do you have any good representation in the media for you
2: what good has come of it uh, awareness learning more about myself and things like that um just um getting the right support as well people taking me seriously with it and actually being able to say that I've got it and stuff like that instead of like suspected for so long. As for representation in the media, I can't, I can't think of anyone at the top of my head to be honest. But I'm sure there's plenty. I'm sure there's plenty but I just can't think of anyone at the top of my head. Terrible. yeah Yeah, i can
0: only think of bad representations of of, of personality disorders in the media (laughs) like (laughs) generally if you say personality disorder they go uh psychopaths uh (laughs) uh, so yeah i (laughs) i can't think of any off the top of my head um but if anyone knows of any that would be great to know um but yeah no in terms of of uh, your experience. How, can you look back on it in in a positive light? Has it has it helped you understand yourself yeah. better? Has it helped you understand others better? Is it?
2: Yeah, it's helped me understand myself better. Definitely. Looking back, like whenever I had specific breakdowns, whenever it came to like either people or myself, I can now go back and go oh, and like understand it more or like. I never had like really more severe days and stuff like that or days where I just felt like there was like happy pangs in my stomach like I feel like I could do anything it's like okay I know why I was like that that day it's like I can actually pinpoint moments in the past where I had no idea at that point but I definitely can see like plenty of positives and plenty of awareness stuff as well
0: okay um can, do you have any questions before we move on to audience questions? Which I've only got two, so we've got no, still I'm... got fifteen minutes to fill. <laughs> Go.
1: I was just having a quick <laughs> Google, and um, <laughs> apparently, although it's not confirmed, Ralph from Wreck-It Ralph is suspected of having BPD, um, oh. or at least has been one of those that some people with BPT have uh, looked at the film and gone th- that. A lot of that seems correct even without them saying it so that might be a positive representation especially with the very positive message at the end of self-acceptance yep. you know using what you've got to to carry on so yay i've seen the first one i've not seen the second one yeah <laughs> and uh, eternal sunshine of the spotless mind is the other one that comes up but i've not actually seen that myself so. yeah
0: you see i would say that that one was definitely more of a potentially personality disorder esque the thing is right It's difficult to really go, this is one particular uh, personality disorder because there are so many renditions of it that often media will just take from a wide variety of them rather than one specific one. Um, So Eternal uh, Sunshine definitely is probably a, a very good example of at least... mental health. Um... You're gonna hate me for this. I've only I've only really watched Wreck It Ralph like once, but <laughs> Ralph is is the the main guy, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. A cool. I would say that that is less BPD and more um, uh, a, an aggressive personality disorder, which is a t- is is quite a separate like section of the personality disorder umbrella um however
1: the film does explore that he only acts that way because that's how people stigmatize him and typecast him to be and when hmm. actually left to his own devices that's not who he is and so the film is accepting both his good parts and his flaws and understanding himself so i can see why people could think it's a representation
0: i can i can get that it's more of the fact that assuming that an aggressive personality disorder means that it the same can be said of the opposite it's like that is yeah. that is stigmatizing aggra- aggressive personality disorder as being yeah,
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> so it's is that scenario of like it's it, again it's that kind of like wide arcing kind of It's more of the umbrella than it is, like, a specific one that they're ever going to cover because there's going to be so many elements of each. And that's usually the the issue with personality disorders as well, is that they can't actually... Well... That's what they tell uh, 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 me down in Oxford, is they don't tend to actually give you a specific diagnosis of personality disorders if they can avoid it, because... You could fit into many of them. Um... So they treat it more of a case of an umbrella thing rather than a a, a specific, unless it's very, very obvious that it's, like, a problematic one, um, and it's a danger to others, um, or yourself, then then they'll have to obviously address it a bit more, but it's more of a case of you can fit into so many branches of it, that it's more about approaching how to give you uh, coping, strategies and um tools to aid in 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 dealing with uh, with that rather than than actually going here's a diagnosis and off you trot
1: <laughs> the two other ones that definitely feel like reaching on this list are darth vader and um okay. bella from the second twilight movie the second one specifically the second one specifically um, Only, only the, not, second... not
0: the first one or the third one no no just the second one. Just
1: the second one. Okay. Just, <laughs> just the one where she was displaying troubling behaviours. So that's obviously one that they've just gone. Hey, that looks bad. Let's just say it's that. That's no. Um... So yes, that's going to be very much an assumption based on stigma, as you've explained. So fun.
2: <laughs> okay. Here we go. Stigma again. Yay. Right.
0: <laughs> so I have three audience questions to to go over. Um. First audience question is: uh, What advice would you give to someone who is diagnosed with BPD or suspects they have BPD?
2: Oh, that's a good question. And um, what was it? What advice? Um, good to have someone like, like professional with you. Like, for example, like psychiatry or therapy or something. if uh, 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 if you are feeling like you're still not fully fully feeling okay if you're still feeling a bit all over the place especially after a diagnosis so you can have someone to talk to about it or if you're after medication and um, not everyone can uh, not everyone needs to use medication do as you will medic is your fact it, 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 no problems if you have medication no problems if you don't use medication everybody's different but it's good to just to have like May like aftercare. It's good, uh, or even if you're suspecting you've got it, it's good to have someone to talk to. And if you're suspecting that you've got it, you can get directed to the person to get diagnosed, which is normally psychiatry. And if um, you are already diagnosed, it'd be good to like just get those feelings just out, and then just see where do you want to go from there. Like, do you want to go for medication? Do you want to get other help? Do you think you'll be okay alone? Have you got the right company? Are you are you not okay? It, it's good just to just to like uh see where you want to go from there regardless of diagnosis good to get some help in the, if you if possible i know it's harder in other countries i'm not sure where you're based it just but that's um if you're able to get the help then that's what i recommend
0: um okay i just realized that that and that pretty much is the advice that uh, you'd give for the uh, one of the other questions as well? Because it was more what was about it? like, well, it was it was more aimed at ADHD or other sort of mental health, but it's yeah, yeah it's yeah. the same kind of
2: same like, answer. Yeah,
0: overarching. You know, make sure yeah, that you don't... actually approach your.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, same. Yeah, pretty much the same idea. If you feel you've got ADHD or you're autistic or BPD or whatever, pretty much the same advice. Just. Get yourself out there, get a bit, get to a medical professional, talk to someone, and hopefully they can refer you to the right department if you want to get tested.
0: Yeah, and I would add to that in a case of if you've someone with um high anxiety or or you've had a bad experience with um your medical professionals, That's um, it. go in with as much evidence, yes, re- records, um, uh. Take in notes of various symptoms, uh, yes. keep a journal, um, yes. take in um, uh, scientifically approved tests of these sorts of scenarios. For example, with ADHD, 100%. there are, there are um, WHO approved um, tests that you can take as evidence, and then it gives you a printout of breakdown um, you can tell that I've already done this myself, um, <laughs> that you can take to your GP to show them that, you know, this is what you uh, are experiencing, and this is this is how you've been assessed via these uh, Who Approved uh, quizzes, um, that will allow you to at least point in the right direction. Um, yep. but yeah. I 100
2: agree. Mm-hmm. I agree with all that. Because what I would always do, um, Drax's uh, advice is just top notch what I'd always do is like I would do my homework and um, I'm one for notes I would constantly write notes and um, tell them everything that I felt that I could that I matched with so and so and so so. but yeah I definitely agree with Drax's way as well because you're taking in all the evidence and and then they'll see how seriously you're taking it and mm. they'll be like oh crap
0: so yeah that's yeah. a good idea I mean, I come from a very paranoid perspective of the fact that I've had very bad experiences for a very long time. Um, I or I have all of my medical history printed off in a filing cabinet for exactly these scenarios where I need to prove, like, all of the times in which things have happened, every time I've been in hospital, all of the previous help that I've had so that we don't have to waste time uh, going over all of the previous tests. Um, it's it may seem overkill, but and you've got to re- still... <laughs> <laughs> you've got to remember that you've got what ten minutes at most. Um, yep. With with a healthcare professional uh, of your at least your first assessment with a GP, for example, you've got to make sure that you get to the point and you agree that that's the point that you're getting to. Um, and actually get something from it. Um, yep. And if you've got multiple issues, then y- you're, gonna, you're, gonna, you're on the fucking clock and you've got to <laughs> get all of that shit out! So... the more that you can go in with, the more that you can... have a very clear, straightforward... This is what the problem is. This is how I, I think that we should approach it. What are your suggestions? What's the next step? Is... The best way that you can approach these things um, and get the most out of it.
2: Yeah, and- what I've what I've learned. Um, oh, sorry, were you saying something?
1: <laughs> I'll go after you. It's all good.
2: Sorry. <laughs> what I've learned is um, with um, my endometriosis um, appointments that you've got to go all in. You've got to go all in for them to listen because, unfortunately, some don't. So that's why you've really got to do all this stuff. All right, Eagle Pad. <laughs>
1: you don't have to wait till you're in crisis either it, it's definitely a, a thing i see a lot in the uk because they don't it's one of those things that you know oh our services are experiencing high low please only please only call if you're in serious district no fuck that shit like especially if you do think there's a mental health concern when they tend to get bad they tend to get bad and it'll be quite quick so it's one of those things that if you're suspecting something you can at least tell them and go for that initial appointment and if they do not agree or they won't test you any further, ask that to be put on your records because then if something does happen and you need to see someone urgently, you can say, I came in six months ago, they said no, but here's what's happened since. Let's look back at this now because you've already had that first appointment, let's kick it further. Because it it may sound counterproductive, but instead of having your crisis moment where you're not necessarily in the best mind to deal with all the questions, be the very first time you talk about it and they'll go, why'd you wait so long? It's better to just be like, are you taking this too seriously? It's like, yes, yes, I am. Let's put it on my notes, please, and let's go from there. Even if it turns out to be wrong, it's better to have had the conversation.
0: Yeah. Um, like You don't want to be going when it's, when it's to a point where you, you can't even face actually having a conversation with the person. Yeah. Um, especially when it's mental health. Um, I, I, I know from my own personal experience, the last thing I want to be doing when I get bad is seeking help. At that point, it's too fucking late. I don't want to be talking to someone because I don't want to help myself because at that point, that's not the thing that's on my mind. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And that's the point that you want to avoid getting to because at that point, you've already gone down the spiral and, and it's very difficult to get back up. You want to be getting there to the health professional before it gets so far down the spiral that it's... it's years before you can climb back out of it. And that's what they don't seem to... advertise when they're talking about healthcare, and... and when you should see your doctor, and using the NHS services. Most of the NHS services for mental health are actually designed for those who aren't quite that bad. Like, most of the services are are designed for people who are having a little bit of a blip. They aren't prepared for people who, who have got so far down the spiral that, that there is, is years of, of effort in their future, um, but the thing is is that they don't want you to come to them until it's serious, so really there's a, a complete and utter miscommunication between the, the, the services that they have and, and what they, when they want people to actually use those services! <laughs> um so yeah go go for it before it gets to that point
1: yep and remember it's not just a gp you have to see it really depends if you if you're having a crisis or you are feeling low and you don't want to trouble a gp for some reason you can actually go to a pharmacy and ask to speak to the on-call pharmacist who's usually medically trained you can speak to them you could go to a sexual health clinic because you usually have somebody there has some experience with mental health or psychiatry who obviously is not going to be able to don't, like diagnose and sort you out right in them, but they might be able to give you decent resources. Even most libraries will have like a drop-in service or a mental health line somewhere pasted in there that you can go and find some help with. And they will normally now have like a flag post sign list that says like difficult topics so you can go and find books without having to ask anyone. So there, there are support. there is support in areas you may not expect to look, but that might be more helpful for you than a GP you know, if you're at the point where you can manage talking to a few different people.
0: And again, again I can only really speak from the UK perspective. Um, so it, although I suspect it's quite a similar in a lot of places. Um, if you are at a stage where it is that you need help right now, the waiting lists are so long that you are, and, and some of the services, especially for things like personality disorders, um, require you to not actually be having any other help while you're on those waiting lists, or while you're in their services. So... you are on a waiting list for two years, with no support. And that is, in itself, just ridiculous, because, the, the, I mean, you have to be in a good place to be able to be on the waiting lists. Frankly. Um, so don't get to the point where you need, to, <laughs> you need the services right now, <laughs> it's really important. Um, anyway, on to the last question, uh, unless any more questions want to be submitted. Um, what advice would you give to peers of someone with BPD? To bring awareness to when the individual with BPD is experiencing behavioral um, exacerbation.
2: Oh. Uh, that's, that, that, that's a that's a mouthful. <laughs> that's mouthful. That's that that's just made my brain go bloop. <laughs> what
0: advice would you give to um uh, people around you on ways to support you?
2: That was it? I would uh, personally um for people for ways people people to support me, um one thing with BPD is, uh, p- people like most is reassurance. That's like the top thing. The one at the top is reassurance. Like even though we know, like, our close circle is the greatest, greatest thing. They're amazing, and they think we're amazing and stuff like that. It's good to be reminded from time to time it's Like you just need that refresh with BPD. You just need that refresh that they think you're great and stuff like that. Cause um. Cause it's cause after a time like your mind starts to play up, so having that reassurance, despite knowing the truth anyway, is good. Good to have like if you're having a bad day or just a regular day, it's good to be reminded. It just it just puts like a of pip in your step and stuff like that. But also, oh my mind's just gone blank. I just remembered I knew that first one. And uh, just just to be reminded um that if like um the Anyone that's close to you, uh, they let you know that they're that they're there for you. Like any time, like if like you're having a bad spell and stuff like that. Obviously, if someone's got their own problem, it may be a bit different. But if they're okay themselves and they're able to take on um, more, then they should let the person in question know, so they they know for sure that they've got someone to go to. And they don't have to feel like they're bothering them because they said it's okay and things like that. And this is when my brain, my brain's just totally went bloop. <laughs> it's got a lot of info in my head today, <laughs> but I
1: hope that's okay.
2: That's fine, that's fine. <laughs> um, okay,
0: um, Pan, do you have any further questions?
1: Nope, sorry. I've got the, I keep turning the fan on and off with the with the microphone. But no, nothing else from me it's at okay. the minute. It's been it's been fantastic talking to you, Raven, and hearing from you because I don't think we've had an opportunity to talk in depth about personality disorders Indeed. so far. So, yeah, it's is...
2: been great talking to you, both. Also, you're both amazing.
1: Um,
2: Raven, is there
0: any uh, um, last tidbits, uh, words of wisdom, things that you would like to mention or talk about? Um, before we do our sign-off.
2: Well, I can't think of anything else at the moment, but anyone with any conditions, health conditions, mental health conditions, you're all amazing, no matter what. It doesn't stop you from being an amazing person that you are. And life can suck, health can suck, but that doesn't mean you do. (laughs) that's my
1: (laughs)
0: footnote. okay um once again can we get some shoutouts for pan and raven um go check them out go spread some love um and yeah um sorry this one was a little bit shorter uh we were quite (laughs) efficient with our questioning today (laughs) um but yes uh, i hope this was educational i hope this was interesting uh next through our eyes stream will actually be next week uh with um tiffany witcher uh which will be exciting um and next stream for me will be tomorrow um but yes thank you all for hanging out i hope you had fun i hope you have a good rest of your day or evening um if you'd like to keep in contact Outside of stream, do you follow on the socials—the Twitters, the Instagrams, the Discords, the—I don't know—are you on SoundCloud? Is, uh... <laughs> Is that what the people socials. do their—Oh yeah, the socials. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't know where people do their music these days. I'm, I'm so archaic. Well- Bandcamp, spotify there we go go. (laughs) (laughs) but yes thank you all i hope you have a good one and i will see you all soon say bye all bye bye okay Okay. the, the 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 stream deck does not work